From the Jet Bros Barbecue Studios, now featuring CBD infused seltzer to get happy, legal for 18 and up. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. And welcome back. Hour number two on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent and I with you until noon. Of course, Murph and Andy coming up at one o'clock, and the Fanatics will slide on in here at uh, three. So lots of local programming still to come. Bottom of the hour. In fact, I was supposed to send a text to remind him, damn it. Uh, I'll do that now. Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com will join us. Uh, we'll do some NFL with Frank Schwab right now from the Des Moines Register. Talk a little high school, a little wrestling. Cody Goodwin does such a great job at the Des Moines Register, and he joins us. Cody, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's always a great day to talk wrestling with you guys. I'm look uh, looking forward to having you on. Uh, you know, Trent told me, um, well, I don't know, earlier in the morning on, on the air, uh, the, the girls' state wrestling tournament, actually begins this week how many schools are participating and what's the expected growth in the years to come any idea cody uh absolutely yeah there's so there's going to be at last check um and i'll probably double check again before we put some things to print later today but um 741 total girls are registered for the state tournament this weekend um it's hosted by the iowa wrestling coaches and official association it's going to be at extreme arena in coralville um, 741 is up from the, I know you're asking for schools, um, but it's up from the 457 that competed at wow. the tournament last year, which was up from the 350 from 2020, which is way up from the 87 that competed in 2019 when they first started doing this girls state wrestling tournament. So 741 girls from 161 different schools. So a little over half of Jeez. all the schools that sponsor any sort of high school wrestling will be represented at Extreme Arena this weekend. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, that is awesome, certainly. So the next step is what certainly is being looked at for people that are advocates for wrestling and girls wrestling, and that is to have it sanctioned for the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union to make this a sanctioned sport. How close are we to that becoming a reality? Closer than we've ever been, guys. Um, I know back in October... Um, the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union, one of their executive directors, um, formally announced that they had heard from over 50 high schools that said that they would support a girls wrestling team. And, and those, you know, the more than 50 schools outlined a plan of how they would support a girls wrestling team. And I know that, um, you know, the number 50 is kind of what they were looking for, like a benchmark before they moved forward with trying to figure out some key logistical details like, when would the season run? How would it look? How would it look compared to the guys? What would they do scheduling-wise for the postseason, this, that, and the next? So they're actually going to work on that now. Um, they have been, I guess, since October. Reps from the, the girls' union and the IWCOA have, have gone to work to try and hammer out some of these things. Um, so I don't know that there's going to be too much change over the next year or so, but um, I would be surprised if – it's not an official sport by the time we get to the 23-24 wrestling season. So maybe not next season, but maybe even the season after that, 
um, we could be looking at girls wrestling as an official Iowa high school sport. So, so is the state of Iowa kind of uh, charting the course for this, Cody, or are there other states that I was catching up to? I mean, I can't believe that that's the case, but correct me if I'm wrong. Is is Iowa the leader in this? They are not. Um, and Iowa's very unique, and you guys know this well, that there are two separate high school sports governing bodies. Mm-hmm. Iowa's the only state in the country that has that, right? So um, there are, I believe at last check, 33 other state high school associations oh, no that idea. have added or sponsored girls wrestling as an official high school sport. Ohio, I believe, was the most recent. Um, I know Florida also passed theirs back in September. Um yeah, like Iowa's very, very, very behind on this. And so this, this movement to really get the numbers and participation to pop and, and, you know, the overall talent has kind of popped with it. Um, it's been, it's been a, about, you know, five, six year battle that um, a lot of people on the ground have been fighting. So it's, you know, to see the progress that's been made and, you know, to finally hit that 50 school benchmark that the, that the girls union really wanted, um, you know, we're closer than we've ever been, but there's still, there's still a handful of steps left that they've got to take. Seven returning uh, champions from a year ago back on that one. And the team race, you are telling me yesterday when we were talking, Cody, going to be a little bit different this year. Sounds like maybe my Green Devils up in Osage have a chance to take <laughs> home a team trophy. Yeah, it's going to be really different. So in years past, um, you know, th- this tournament kind of operates as, you know, you sign up, you show up, you wrestle. Um, and so the teams that brought bigger numbers like, you know, Waverly, Shell Rock, um, Osage has had a good contingent the last few years dubuque wallard i believe brought 20 some girls um humboldt brought um you know north of 15 you know I, whoever shows up and wears your singlet can score points for you right and so you know you look at last year's team scores um you know waverly shell rock ran away with it with you know somewhere north of 250 points and then second place was i believe humboldt they had 124 points so like a little weird there and you know t- generally speaking it, it that that process probably encouraged you know, growing the overall numbers in your program more because if you brought more girls, you could score more points, right? This year it's going to be totally different. Um, what they've done is you can still bring as many girls that want to compete, um, but your top 10 point scores are only, are only, only going to be the, the their, their points are going to be the only ones that count, right? So only teams can only max out at 10 total point scores and they're just going to take the highest point total from your top 10 point scores, if that makes sense. So, you know, Osage, for example, let's use them. If, if they have, you know, for example, three point scores at one weight and those three are within the top 10 total point scores on the team, all three of those girls will, will count towards okay. the team total. And then that's how they'll decide a team title this year. Mm. Uh, Cody, I don't know how much uh, time you've had to, to spend uh, in gyms watching high school basketball this year. Um, and I know that you're not uh, – on the recruiting beat per se, uh, but what what would um, what what's the state of Iowa like as far as you know potential scholarship players? I mean, is is this a good year? Um, seniors in high school that will go on and you know have good uh, college careers, uh, both boys and girls. Do you know? Um, I, I'm gonna be honest, Ken. I haven't watched a single second of high school basketball. Isn't that something? Um, and I actually, I save for, um, you know, some utility work that I do with the register at, you know, come state tournament time. Um, I don't really go out of my way to watch a lot of high school basketball because that's not really my beat. So I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the person to answer that question. I think the person you want to got, you want to talk to about that is probably Alyssa Hertel, our new recruiting reporter. Uh-huh. She's done a nice well job, by the way. 
Yeah, no, she's fantastic. Yep. She's still in the shoes of, of Matt Bain, who still does a lot of recruiting stuff for us at the Register as well. Those are probably your two recruiting experts, especially when it comes to basketball. I could talk to you, I could talk to you off about wrestling recruiting, um, but basketball, I, 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 other than the ball going through the hoop, I really don't know about it. <laughs> well, and we'll give you an opportunity to do that, but I want to get back to Alyssa for a sec, because mm-hmm. she filled in on some of those... Oh, the uh, the sound off that they called it, but after an I were an Iowa State game, you know, send in your emails type of thing, and uh, she, I thought she did a nice job. I really did. So anyways. No, she's she's fantastic, and she brings it, you know, just a different perspective yep. right, to to our beat and to our newspaper in general. You know, she's she's doing a little bit of Drake here and there. Um, obviously just kind of thrown herself into high school basketball. Um, you know, she showed up during the high school football season, and so. Um, you know, she immediately threw herself into the kind of the recruiting world there and, and also, you know, just kind of high school football here in central Iowa and beyond. Um, you know, she's, and I, you know, she recently came out with a story on Southeast Polk offensive lineman Kay Borud, who's going to go play D1 football and how he got his start actually playing hockey. Um, so <laughs> really, that? really neat story. I, I, I would encourage people to go check that one out because, you, you know, one, there is a small segment of hockey fans here in Des Moines. So really kind of cool to see them get a little bit of shine. And then two, um, just a really neat story in general that Alyssa found. So, yeah, she's done a fantastic job. Absolutely. Well, since we're praising uh, register writers, I mean, Birchie and, and Hines, do they get to park closer to the door? You know, is there special parking for them <laughs> as the sports writer of the year? Back-to-back Des Moines register winners, right? Birchie two years ago, Hines takes it this year. Um, what, what's the perk that comes with that? Um, I'm not 100% sure, and I'm not sure that those two guys would want to park next to each other anyway because I know there's a there's a friendly little ribbing there that they like to go back and forth in terms of, like, social media and stuff. But, no, man, it's it's really cool that our newspaper gets recognized like that. And, um, you know, individually as, as an entire sports section and, and really just the paper at large, um, you know, just a lot of really good work that we do at the Register, and it's really cool to be part of a team like that. Well, let's get back into the wrestling side of things. Uh, one more on the high school front, then we'll get into, of course, the big news, Spencer Lee uh, shutting it down for the season in a moment. But over on the boys' side, we're still what, a little less than a month away now from the state wrestling tournament on the boys' side. What a spectacle it is around Wells Fargo Arena during that time and one of the best environments that we have in our state for a sporting event. Looking around, it's some of the heavy heads that you'd anticipate at the top of the rankings, Waverly, Southeast, Polk, and Waukee Northwest in year number one. Got a pretty good program there at the 3A level. Yeah, no, they've uh, they've done really, really well. Um, you know, they, they actually, a lot of the coaches and, and a lot of the wrestlers that were on last year's Waukee team that, that took second behind Waverly Shell Rock in the Class 3A team race, they... I, a lot of them just so happen to be in the Northwest District, right? Um, you know, there were a handful of guys that, that stayed back, like a Colin Driscoll and a Blake Houck. Um, you know, they're still wrestling for the OG Waukee. But, yeah, Waukee Northwest, they're they're finally putting all the pieces together. They've always had a team that on paper you were like, you know, hey, this, this team could make some noise here. But, um, you know, they're finally getting people back healthy. Kale Winter, what a tremendous story that is, him coming back from, um, you know, all sorts of health issues back during football season. Now he's back on the mat competing. Um, you know, racked up a handful of pins in his first week back. Um, yeah, they're, they're putting things together. I'm not sure how much, uh, you know, I, there is still a little bit of a gap, I think, between, you know, the Waukee Northwest, the Bettendorfs, the, the Fort Dodge, the Iowa City West teams of, of that nature, Ankeny as well. I really like what they've been doing this season. Um, between those teams who are probably going to fight for third because it, it's going to be a really heated two-team race between Waverly Shell Rock and Southeast Polk. Um, for the Class 3A state title this year. I, I, I don't know. I, I wake up every other day, and I think something different in terms of who I think the favorite is. And 
um, you know, we got about a month left to, to try and figure something out before they're just going to decide it for us. It, it, it's been a really fun season kind of watching all these teams compete. Uh, looking forward to that and getting back to the well again this season. We'll maybe talk a little bit more before we get to that state tournament. Of course, as we mentioned, the girls coming up this weekend. Cody, let's jump into the big news across the college wrestling landscape, and that is Spencer Lee with the knee injuries deciding to shut it down, going to try to come back next season for his final year of eligibility. The takeaway and the question becomes, what does this mean for the team race? I saw one of the rankings dropped Iowa back to number two. They got Drake Aiello there, very talented freshman who pulled the red shirt and is out there wrestling at Spencer Lee's weight. But what does this mean to you as it pertains to going for a national championship? Yeah, I think the the lack of Spencer Lee, it, it just it shrinks the margin for error, right? Because if you remember I, last year, um, not the most ideal tournament for for the Iowa Hawkeyes at the NCAA championships. You know, they, um, I'm you know I'm trying to remember here. They only scored a, a total of seven points from guys like Max Murin, who got to uh, the blood round, one win away from becoming an All American. Um, you know, Alex Marinelli went two and two at 165 pounds, even though he was the number one overall seed. And then Nelson Brands, um, a little undersized at uh, 184. Um, he, you know, he didn't score a lot of points there. So not a ton of points there. And yet Iowa still won the team title by, I believe it was, um, you know, 15 and a half points. So they had a pretty decent margin for error going into last season. And even the year before that, when the, when the national tournament was canceled by COVID, um, they've, you know, this year without Spencer Lee, um, you know, that's obviously that's a huge um, cog in their, in their machine. He scores a ton of bonus points. You know, I believe he's averaged about 25 team points total at the NCAA tournament each of the last three years that they've competed in it. Um, so not having that is huge. Um, that doesn't mean that they're officially done, right? Like I said, it just kind of shrinks the margin for error, and they're going to need other guys to step up in other places, right? They're going to need Drake Ayala to find a way to finish on the podium, and, and so far he has the look of, of a guy that will contend for an All-American spot at 125 pounds this year. Um, you know, they're going to need more from Alex Marinelli, who is a two-time All-American, but you know has underperformed, I would think, at the last couple of national tournaments. They're going to need points from Abe Assad now that he's back healthy at 184 pounds, and and he's looked really, really good so far, but 184 is a pretty deep weight, so they're going to need him to come through. They're going to need Max Murin, who, again, has been to the blood round, has been a, a win away from becoming an All-American twice now. They need him to take that next step and score some crucial team points there. So, you know, there's spots where they can make up what they're losing in Spencer Lee. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to take a full team effort. Um, they're absolutely still in the running. I think it's going to be a tremendous team race this year between Iowa, Penn State, and even throw Michigan in there as well. They, they finally put their entire team together. They look really, really good. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to take everybody. And uh, doubleheader wrestling Friday night on BTN. You got Michigan, Penn State, followed by Iowa, Ohio State. A week after that, Iowa, Penn State, the showdown at Carver. That environment's going to be charged up. And then late in the season, uh, to fill us in a little bit, Saturday, February 12th, Iowa going on the road to face Oklahoma State and doing it at the new Rangers ballpark, right? Really? Yeah, that's going to be really awesome, man. It's at the new Globe Life Field down in Arlington. Um, you know, they're calling it the bout at the ballpark, kind of a, you know, a, a run it back scenario after the grapple on the gridiron back in 2015. This will be really cool just, you know, for the sport in general and, and really for wrestling in Texas. I know this is kind of a, uh, a tryout, so to speak, to see if Globe Life Field can actually host the NCAA wrestling championship somewhere down the line. So um, it's going to be a really unique thing, really unique atmosphere. And they're actually going to um, potentially, I don't know if this is still in the works, but I know that they had initially planned to run a men's freestyle duel between Team USA and Iran alongside the Iowa-Oklahoma State duel. So that'll be really, really cool, kind of introducing some 
um, you know, more casual wrestling fans to the international style, the Olympic style. So we'll see, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that ultimately unfolds, how it looks from a, from a product standpoint, but just a really exciting opportunity for wrestling in Texas. And then obviously for two historic brands in Iowa and Oklahoma state, I think it'll be really fun. Absolutely. Grow the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly an opportunity to do so. Cody, good stuff. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. And, uh, well, uh, you and Trent will talk next week because you're going to be in for me a couple of days. Thank you, Cody Goodwin. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Yep, good to talk to you. Cody Goodwin as we catch up on some of the local stuff with our friend from the Register. Love Cody. And now didn't even, forgot to ask him about his Kansas City Chiefs. We'll have to save that for next week. Oh, yes. His Chiefs will be uh, packing the equipment up. They will be. I think the Bills get them. You get Cincinnati Buffalo. That's the AFC Championship. That's the AFC Championship. (laughs) Feels like 1994 is back with this once again. It kind of does, doesn't it? Speaking of that. I uh, was taking a peek at our predictions as we were talking about those. Oh, from from this, from like before. back in August? Yeah. Oh, get them out. I can't wait. To, did we pick divisions? We did. Oh, this is going to be good. It is. Or bad. Good. You hit seven of eight divisions. Come on. The only one and missed... as bad as I was in football this uh-huh. year? Uh-huh. Seven of eight. You should have just bet division odds. You would have been so much ahead compared to betting every single week. Why? I, who, who did I miss? Cleveland. That was uh, it. Got Buffalo, Tennessee, Kansas City, Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa, Rams. Good for me. Your <laughs> AFC wild cards. Yeah. Not quite the same. Okay. Miami, close. Baltimore, close. Denver. Eh, what was I thinking? I missed Cleveland, like you. Yep. I had the Patriots. I had the Colts. I had the football team. Gee. And got the rest. And, and you're killing me in picks. Killing you. Uh, what 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 about our um, Super Bowl? You have you're still alive. Am I the Bills over the Packers? How about that? And I've got both. I've got decent futures yes, on both of them. I have Kansas City over the Rams, so we're both still alive. Uh-huh. You didn't go I Cowboys like this year, no, <laughs> like you did the year previous. Yeah, we're still alive going into this one. That's good, Trent. That's- Really good. And, of course, Iowa State was in the playoff. Yep. So I had a really good year. Well, well maybe they didn't the togetherness the playoff. playoff. Right. You got that. Yes. You had it. I nailed that part. Uh, Miller and Condon, time for another key word. Uh, that means you go to KXNO.com, and once you get there, enter the keyword pay at KXNO.com. Pay KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 Pay at KXNO.com. Frank Schwab on the NFL. Coming up next, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Do you remember when America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, won their first Super Bowl with Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and company? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online... 
Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon. Frank Schwab momentarily. Trent, apparently a couple of our listeners pointed out uh, during our wrestling conversation with Cody Goodwin, Iowa State uh, has a double duel scheduled this weekend. Hilton Coliseum, 2 o'clock on Sunday. And it'll be just a single duel, though, as Utah Valley, because of COVID, won't be able to make the trip. So it'll be North Dakota State, 2 o'clock on Sunday. You can catch that on ESPN Plus or buy a ticket. Head up to Hilton. All right, let's get Frank Schwab in here. YahooSports.com. We are down to eight, Frank Schwab. We know you love sports wagering. You'll pine on it as well at Yahoo Sports. Boy, I love these exact matchup props that I know Circus come out with them, assuming there's others. Boy, doesn't it feel like you're, you're at that point now? You should have zeroed in at least to the team you think is going to win the Super Bowl and maybe a potential matchup. There's some juicy prices available, Frank Schwab. How are you? I'm uh, doing well, and I mean, usually, yes, I would absolutely agree with you, but I look at these eight teams, and I, I can make an argument for any one of them winning the Super Bowl, and I think that's rare. I think, you know, we get to this point, and, you know, it's like, okay, well, this team made it, and that's great, but they're going to get blasted this weekend. I don't think that about anybody, even the 49ers, who, you know, they're the biggest underdog on the board. I think they could win at Lambeau. I'm not necessarily, you know, I mean, going to, put a house payment on it or anything, but they do a lot of things you like well in the postseason, and you look at other teams. The Bengals have the hot quarterback right now. The Titans rested with the one seed, and they got Derrick Henry coming back. I think any of these eight teams could win. I really do. I think that it's it's as wide open as I've seen for this round of the of, of the playoffs. Derrick Henry back practicing, practicing in pads. You think, think that's got to be a good deal. Any idea, any inclination for Vrabel, is this all systems go? Hey, if we need to win this game and he needs to carry it 25, 30 times, we're going to? Or are they going to treat this a little bit more with kid gloves? I, I would think normally you would treat it with kid gloves. He'd be 15 carries if tops, maybe. Normal rules don't apply to Derrick Henry. Right. I mean, this guy yeah. is he's Superman. I mean, so... He's one of those rare guys where I'm just like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I've been kind of trying to be skeptical to, hey, you know, we don't know if Derrick Henry's going to be the same guy. But then I think about Derrick Henry, and it's like, if there's anybody on this planet who I just think could walk in after not playing since Halloween and go in and have 25 carries for 135 yards, it's Derrick Henry. Uh, would anybody be that surprised if he just looked like prime Derrick Henry, first game back? I, he's just so... He's just so great. I mean, he's just such a phenomenal player, phenomenal athlete, freak of nature in many ways that nothing would surprise me with him. And I could see him getting a big workload. I, I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but you get to this point here, what are you holding back for? Like, I mean, I, I know that, you know, they're going to do right by him physically. They're not going to try to get him hurt or anything, but 
I don't think that they're going to be like, well, let's you know, let's wait, save you for next week. No, no. If he he's going to get as much as he can handle. I don't know how much he can handle, but whatever it is, they're going to hit that mark. Frank, uh, is the NFL uh, looking at all uh, into how the uh, hiring process goes during teams that are still alive for the playoffs? I know it's Zoom and it's it's a difference, or it's teams traveling to that to that coach's city that he's still working in, like Dable and B uh, Dayball and and uh, B Enemy. They're both interviewing on Friday. Um, and, and we've seen this. We saw this in a wild card game. We're going to see it a lot this week. Is, is the NFL looking into, I mean, is there a better system, a better way to do this, Frank? I just don't think there is. There's no perfect solution. You can't tell everybody to wait. I mean, you're just, if, if you tell everybody, like, wait till after the Super Bowl, I mean, you're just asking for tampering at that point. So nobody's following that rule. I think they've done the best they can. And you get, you want to give, the guys who go to the Super Bowl or deep in the playoffs, at least, the best chance possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 want to give Eric Bieniemy is a great example. You want to give an Eric Bieniemy every single chance he can get to interview with these teams, make a good impression, land that job. How do you do it? How how do you do that where it's fair versus say uh, a Dan Quinn who, whose season's on? He's already interviewed here in, in Denver. I think you got to be really you got to try your best. I, there's no perfect solution to this. You don't want, I mean, in a perfect world, would you like, you know, I mean, to, to just say, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator of the Packers, would just don't worry about it because nobody's going to hire anybody until after the Super Bowl, after we're all done. You'd love that, but it's not realistic. So you'd, you'd hope that, that guys like that can compartmentalize. You know, you could take a, a few hours, interview with teams, but still be locked in, I mean, it, to, to what you have to do on Saturday or Sunday. But there, there's no perfect solution for this. I think they're just, honestly, in this case, are just, as far as interviewing guys during the playoffs, they're doing the best they can. Frank, we got uh, teams looking also for general managers, including two that we care about here with Chicago and Minnesota. A GM candidate and the marriage between the GM and the coach, the structure of the NFL, how it works, because... There's some talk that maybe a coach will be hired in both those spots before they get a general manager. Yeah, that's almost the Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, uh, you know, the way mm-hmm. that method. And it's worked. It's been successful. 49ers, look, they're still alive. They're a really good team. It can work. I mean, as, as backwards as we think it is sometimes. But, you know what, why not do something different? I, I mean, why not? You know, I think a lot of these NFL teams who, who struggle for years and years and years, and they're just doing the same thing as everybody else and just trying to get lucky, maybe just do it differently. Maybe say, you know what, the one guy we need is the head coach, and we'll figure out the GM after that and the power structure and all that. I'm not saying that can't work. I mean, it, it, it obviously, like I said, has in San Francisco. It's not conventional, but what good is conventional if conventional is not working for you? What good is doing what everybody's done for years and years and years if all it means is you're missing the playoffs every single season? What, so you don't get laughed at? Okay, that's great. You're not winning any games because as a result. So I'm fine. I mean, I just think it takes strong leadership at the absolute top to have some vision, to have some clarity to say, this is what we want. This is what we want, who we want as our head coach or what we want our head coach to be like. We're going to hire that guy. We're going to hire a GM that really works with him well. It will. We will make sure this works. And I, so I think it's 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 a little different. We think of it as a little weird, but I think it can happen. I think it can work. I think that that you can do that. You know, kind of reverse engineer the process and still have it be successful. What uh, I want to go back to Wild Card Weekend with you, Frank. Pick your brain uh, amongst the uh, the performance of a couple of quarterback losing quarterbacks. Uh, Hurts in Philadelphia, and of course uh, Murray with the Cardinals. Um, 
who looked like he was seeing ghosts all night long. What about mm-hmm. those? What about those two teams? I mean, I know the Cardinals aren't going to make a change. Where's Philadelphia? They hold what the 15, 16, and nineteen or something crazy like that. Picking the uh, picking the first round of the play of the draft this year. Now it's not a great draft. Four quarterbacks, at least on the surface, we don't think it is. Of those teams, is there one that um, you know goes into the off season as a playoff team now questioning whether they've got the right guy at quarterback? I, and, and the Jalen Hurts thing is tough because. He has moments where you're like, wow, he's really good. He's, he's, you know, he should be the starter next year and you win with that. And then he has the moments where you're just like, this, this ain't the guy. And I just wonder if the Philadelphia Eagles can live with that inconsistency. It's not that he's bad. I don't think he's a bad quarterback because you see the good. I mean, you see him play very, very well at times, but man, there's some times where you're just like, this, how could you, how could you work with this? How could this be the thing? And it's hard to believe that. Magically, in year three, he's going to get past that. I mean, we're a little quick to judge quarterbacks, but I mean, he's played a lot of football by now, and I think we kind of know what Jalen Hurts is. And you saw that game on on Sunday, and it's just like, oof, this is rough. This is not playoff football right now. And and you got to wonder, you know, but but that's the thing. It's easy to say, hey, move on for Jalen Hurts. Okay, that's great. Who, who's your starting quarterback opening day in 2022? You got to answer that question. And I don't know if any of the guys in the draft are really plug-and-play starting type of guys. Maybe you take it because you got the extra picks. Maybe you take a shot on a guy. But I don't know if necessarily you're going to find a guy who you're like, whoa, yeah, this is easily the guy for the next 12 years. I mean, it's not that kind of a draft class, like you said. And I think with Murray, I just I think he's he's super talented and he's going to be just fine, but he did play terribly. I mean, there's there no getting around that. I mean, he made pretty much nothing happen. Missed DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, the last part of the year. You just have to wonder about that whole team. I mean, this is the second straight time that everything is uh, – second straight season, everything's falling apart for them late. Good start, and then it just, it just it absolutely just to dust by the end of the year. And so I think Murray's going to be fine. I don't think there really should be any questions about that, but you'd like to see him have some success late in the season to kind of validate it. Frank, let's get back into the matchups and I want to get your perspective on Green Bay, San Francisco. Feels like as tough of a matchup as uh, the Packers could have drawn up here in the divisional round, the ability to run the football. And also I have a concern about that offensive line for Green Bay. Finally healthy, but this group hasn't played together. Yeah. Yeah, and San Francisco has a phenomenal defense. Sure I mean, do. the funny thing is, uh, you know, I mean, everybody, a lot of people are going to talk about, oh, it's going to be cold in Green Bay, blah, blah, blah. If you look at these teams, Green Bay is built more like a West Coast hmm. Bay Area type of team where they want to throw it. They're not, I mean, they can run it too. They're, they're, I'm not saying they're they're a soft team or anything, but, you know, they want to do certain things on offense that, that you don't equate to necessarily 10 degree weather. Whereas the 49ers are almost built like a team that should be playing in Wisconsin, right? They want to run the ball. They want to just, you know, hit a couple big plays in the passing game every, you know, in a game, you know, get the ball to Debo, get the ball to Kittle. But they, they're a ground based team, a very good defensive team. I assume Bosa and Warner are going to be back from their injuries. And if they are, it's a really formidable defense. I mean, this was easily the best of the wild card teams. I said that before last week when they beat Dallas. They just check a lot of boxes you like from teams in the postseason. They really do. I think this is not an easy matchup for the Packers. I know it's the biggest point spread on the board, but I don't know that necessarily the Packers go in there and just blast them. I mean, we got to see the injury situation. Garoppolo's still up in the air, all that kind of stuff. So we've got to see how effective he is. But I don't view this as, hey, the Packers got the easiest matchup this weekend. I mean, 
I, I guess if you have to rank one through four, somebody's got to be fourth. But this is not an easy matchup. It is. Nope. It is a team that's going to keep the game close. They're going to grind you out. They're going to be physical with you. They have a lot of high end players. They've won eight of ten. It's no coincidence. It's no no magic act. They're they're a really good sound football team. And I think this is going to be a really good game. I think all four games are going to be good, and I think this one's one of them. I think this is going to be really, really close. And you get six points if you're yeah. a Niner fan. You know, we, we're, yeah. we're talking, and you, you brought it up, in, uh, and, and rightly so, Warner and Bosa's injury. But the Bucks in their own right, particularly that offensive line, Tristan Wirfs, who we watched his college career, and boy, oh boy, what a start to his yeah. NFL career. And Brady singing his praises. But Ryan Jensen in the middle of that line, he's a nasty SOB as you need to be if you're going to be, a, I think, a, a, one of the elite centers in the league. How about those two? What are the likelihood that there's some changes on the Buccaneers' O-line? Yeah, and I think Jensen's going to play. He's been practicing, but you don't know if he's 100%. Works the same way if he does answer the bell. Is he going to be fully right? And you'd assume the Rams are smart enough to say, you know, Aaron Donald can move around anywhere. We, we He's a versatile enough guy. We don't need to line him up in one spot. Let's take advantage of us. Let's see. Let's test these guys. Let's see if they're healthy. And that's a bad that's a bad scene for the Buccaneers if you can't block Aaron Donald, much less, you know, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, these guys. They have a really good front. They're gonna, if you're not healthy on that line, it's gonna cause some problems. I keep expecting it's probably dumb, it's probably a bad process, but I keep expecting the Buccaneers to kind of feel these losses on their offense. Mm-hmm. Godwin's a top 10, 15 receiver in the league. He's done. Antonio Brown, he's a future Hall of Fame, or at least on the field type of stuff. He quit on them. He's not there. You got these you know, injuries on the offensive line now. There's two very, very good offensive linemen. Worfs might be one of the top 10 tackles in the league. At some point, this has to catch up to you, doesn't it? I know he's Tom Brady. I know he's best ever. And I know they've played well the last two weeks, but at some point, you got to feel this, right? I, and I mean, especially if you look at the way the Rams can match up, if they decide, hey, I, we haven't used Jalen Ramsey really as a traditional corner lockdown guy, but this matchup in particular, we're just going to put him on Mike Evans and take Mike Evans out of the game. What's the Buccaneers' counterpunch at that point? It, they start to get really thin on offense. So this is one, one road team where I'm like, I feel really good about the Rams. I think the Rams go in there. I think they win. Yep. It, it's, you know, look, I've, I've lost a lot of money betting against Tom Brady through the years because he keeps proving me wrong. So maybe I'm wrong here again. But you look at this Bucks offense, and I think it's a lot thinner than people realize going in. And we finish up with Sunday night and what an epic game this has a chance to be. Chiefs-Bills rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. Buffalo jumped out to a 9-0 lead in that game before Kansas City flipped Mm. the switch, as they seemingly always are able to do. Is Buffalo ready to win this game? I don't know. I, I mean, it's still, I, I mean, I was kind of shocked at this record. I'm shocked every time I look at it. Against Patrick Mahomes to start, including the playoffs, the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs are 57 and 15. Or, yeah, 57 and 15. Like, and think about that for a second. Think about how dominant that is in a league that values parity. That, you know, nobody's good for that long. And this team is is fifty seven and fifteen, and you're gonna you're gonna tell me you're gonna pick a team on the road against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? It's, it's hard. They've won eleven and twelve. They're they're really really good, but yet the Bills, by all advanced stats, I mean, you look back and you could tell yourself a story for sure where the Bills were the best team in football this year, and they just got really unlucky in close games. They could not win a close game to save themselves. But overall, were they the best team in football? You can make that argument for sure, and then they kind of validated that last Saturday night with one of the greatest offensive performance, honestly, you're ever going to see from a team in the playoffs against a really good defense. So 
the Bills could win this. I mean, they could. I, I, I still have a. I'm going to have a hard time before Sunday night saying, "All right, I'm betting on a team on the road against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs." It's just, it's hard. It's hard to do. They find ways to win. They're a really good team. It's not like they're struggling by any means. They played really well against the Steelers. So I keep going back and forth, but I think at the end of the day, it's just it's going to be hard to say. Yeah, I believe in this Bills team going to beat. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on the road because, man, we've just seen the Chiefs win so many times that it's it's just hard for me to wrap my head around it. Frank, as always, thank you for doing this. Uh, we will uh, attempt to catch up with you before the Super Bowl, but maybe the week before it hits the fan when you guys are all at SoFi in L.A., which promises to be a great time. So I'll reach out, Frank, and see if your schedule allows. Thank you, as always, for doing this. We Absolutely, appreciate guys. it. Absolutely appreciate it. Yep, good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Dot com as we check in on the divisional round. I'm with them on the Rams. And I wasn't. You were slow to come around. Yep. I was slow to come around on Buffalo. I might be leaning. But like it's like he said, you're actually yeah. you're betting that a road team is going to walk in Arrowhead and knock off Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's a problem. It is, right? When he put it that way, it's like, well, what, what am I thinking? Yeah. Uh, and, and Frank's right. Sooner You would think, sooner or later, these injuries are going to help out. And Jalen Ramsey, you go take out Mike Evans. And then what? I got some uh, numbers from our friend Troy Macker over at Bat Rivers. How about this? This was as of Tuesday. The most bet on side at Bat Rivers all week long at that point was Packers money line. 95% of the bets. is Just 5% of people are taking the 49ers on the money line. That was shocking to me. Second, the over in the Bengals-Titans game. Was it the the injury question marks, maybe, with Warner and Bosa? And the third most bet on was the Packers laying the six. Huh? I'm going against the public here, I'll tell you that much. Well, uh, we will get those picks about uh, 24 hours from right now, will we not? All right, we'll come back. Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors that Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. The Chicken Coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations. The Chicken Coop has the best, fresh, never frozen wings. Buffalo, garlic jalapeno, buck nasty, tropical heat, pepper teriyaki, garlic parmesan, and so much more. Along with steaks, burgers, ribs, and a children's menu for the little ones. And don't forget about the Chicken Coop's daily lunch and drink specials. Catch all the games at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, Urbandale, Danau. Market homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renters Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renters Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happiness. Casts you'll love. Do you remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? 
That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Roofing is KXNO. It's the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets. If your team wins, not a new customer, you can still get in on all the action of the divisional round with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code KXNO. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Just bet $5 to win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code KXNO at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, final couple of minutes here on a Thursday. Mike Palm from Circus Sports will join us tomorrow at 1045. Kakert will be here. Sprow will be here. I look forward to catching up with those two fellas, maybe Kevin Lehman as well. Well, Trent, there's really only one game that moves my basket, college basketball needle tonight, mm-hmm. Purdue uh, in Indiana. I saw it's been over 2,000 days since Indiana's beaten Purdue. I saw the same tweet. <laughs> Uh, and it's pretty tight line. What, Purdue's favored by three? Three and a half. Three and a half, okay. Yeah, I'm uh, leaning the Hoosiers way. I think they get off the schneid. Nine and three last night overall in college Jeez. basketball. It was a big night. And uh, we're off and running already here today. Florida State. Yeah, the ACC Network's got that game. ACC Network Plus. ACC, oh, okay. Yeah, just like BTN Plus. Uh-huh. So I'm out. Not available on the TV, but uh, keeping an eye on it because I do have those Ospreys of North Florida. Off the win against Duke. Playing a noon game against... How many did you get? 23. Eesh. Now, North Florida's terrible. They're 4-14. Right. You they're got 23 yesterday, and it wasn't enough, right? It wasn't, well, I had 22 and a half. Georgia lost by 23. Oh, my God. And we might be trending Wild. the same way right now as Florida State leads it by 13 just before halftime. Games, I got three of them that I really like tonight, though. All right, lay them on us. Let's start with Western Illinois. Saw them against Iowa earlier this year. A much improved team mm-hmm. against South Dakota. Who's taking a little step back from what they were the last couple of years. Craig Smith was the coach. He's out at Utah now. So going to grab uh, Western Illinois minus five and a half. Belmont, really good. At Moorhead State, also very good. Getting five and a half at home like that one. Give me Moorhead State with the second choice. And then, more than anything, because I just want to see this team. We talked about it earlier in the week. Arizona, they get Stanford here tonight. The Cardinal... Been pretty good at home this year, and I'm getting the 11 and a half. Give me Stanford. TV on that game? I think it's a maybe on TV. It's not Pac-12 Network. I do know that. ESPNU. 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 Ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. You'll okay. get a first half look. At I Arizona. will. The Jets will have knocked off the Preds by then. Oh, look at you! Should I bet on it? No, don't do that. It's not going. It's not going to end well for my squad, <laughs> right. unless you're betting on Nashville. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. But again, lots of local programming still to come. Murph and Andy. And one, the Fanatics at three. We're Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO.